Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. You know, usually when a government is about halfway through a mandate, throne speeches can be pretty boring, right? The latest agenda setter from the NDP government, a little bit different, though, because it's a new premier with a new agenda. David Eby says his government will introduce new legislation this spring for everything from pay transparency, they want to deal with money laundering and, and more. They said there's going to be a refreshed housing strategy, more spending for health care focused on middle class families. And as we heard earlier with Vaughn Palmer, lots of ideas, but kind of short and vague when it comes to details. So let's get some more analysis on what we heard. Joining us now is Dr. Hamish Chelford, Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of the Fraser Valley. Good morning, Hamish. Good morning, Simi. Now, Hamish, that sounded a little bit more ambitious than a middle of the mandate throne speech. Your thoughts? Well, I would agree with Vaughn Palmer. Lots of ideas being thrown out there, um, but we're going to have to wait for all of the details. Um, we have a budget later this month. Uh, we will get a better sense, of course, where the government wants to spend money. Uh, and we know they've got a very busy uh, uh, session in the legislature this spring. Lots of new legislation coming in. The refreshed housing strategy you mentioned not coming until the fall. So we have to wait for all of these other pieces uh, before we have a, a better sense of where the government wants to take us. We know the broad strokes, but not the details. And typically, what are some of the challenges of kind of being at this stage of a mandate? Well, people start to expect more results. Um, we've had an NDP government for five years, um, almost six, and uh, um, it's perhaps never been more difficult uh, um, under under the NDP. Of course, we've just come out of COVID. We've got a very challenging economic uh, situation. Uh, we know the healthcare system is under great strain, um, and and people want some assistance. Um, quickly. And these things are, if not intractable problems, very difficult to solve quickly. Um, and so that's that's the challenge facing David Eby 18 months before we have an election. Is this kind of that time when people start looking around and going, yeah, 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 but you've had lots of time to actually do some of these things? Like, how do you come up with new ideas? Well, that's the challenge. And uh, it, at this point in a mandate, it becomes difficult to blame the previous government. Uh, <laughs> governments never stopped doing that, but uh, people sort of roll their eyes when they hear that it was the problems of the government six years ago with a premier we can't remember anymore. Um, they, they get tired of hearing recycled, um, not only recycled promises, but you know, recycled ideas. I couldn't believe it in the throne speech when I read that the, the NDP had scrapped bridge tools to help with the cost of living. <laughs> they did that five and a half years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, so people want to say, what are you going to do for me today? And, and we, David Eby has been premier now for three months. We have a good idea of where he wants to take things, but we still don't have the details. You know what? That's such a good point. I forgot about that one, too. It's like, uh, well, we're going to run the hits, too. We're going to talk about what we're going to do. But let's just remind you about how the good things that we did. But honestly, when it comes to the average person's political memory, Hamish, do we even remember good things from a week ago? No. Um, it's, it's very difficult to, 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 to sustain that kind of credit because people are always facing new challenges. 
And uh, they want, you know, thanks for that. But, you know, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Is the response from most voters. I think also the danger with something like that is like, yeah, we would say thank you for that. But we voted for you. Not maybe not once, not even maybe twice. And so that's all in the past now. Right. It's all in the past. And each election gets more and more difficult. Um, you know, for a government to win three elections in a row is is a tall order. And uh, fortunately, David Eby's very tall. <laughs> we'll see if he's up to the task. <laughs> One of the other interesting things about this was um, the the emphasis on mental health and addictions, which is something we heard the opposition talking about this week, too. And uh, yeah, it turns out the government also has some big plans on that. So is this something that when you're the opposition, you have to be a little bit aware of. You might come up with these great ideas, but you might end up losing them because the government's going to take them. That's right. Uh, Kevin Havalkin had a big announcement on that last week. I thought it was a, a, a good move by him. Uh, it's highlighting an issue which I think is uh, top of mind for a lot of people. It's, it's connected to the homelessness crisis, the addictions crisis that we're seeing on the streets, the crime issues. Um, and the Liberals, of course, have a, a reputation, particularly Kevin Falcon, for fiscal austerity. But here he was showing a willingness to spend money to address a very serious problem. Uh, but uh, you're right. He, uh, it's, it's quite possible the NDP could could steal his his idea. Now, the NDP have the uh, responsibility of executing the idea, and it's easier to say it than do it. That is also very true. Did, and also, did you notice this seemed to be more of an emphasis on middle income British Columbians, and more so, I would say, than than past speeches. Oh, I'm not sure if it was more so than last speeches, but I think there was a recognition in this speech. I thought the tone was right. They saying right mm-hmm. at the outset that we're in difficult economic t- uh, times and that lots of people are struggling, uh, that uh, they've heard that message. Um, they, again, repeated the things that they have done to date to help uh, the affordability credit, the ICBC rebates, even the bridge tolls, as I mentioned. Uh, but no specifics about what's going to come next to help uh, people with, with this immediate crisis of affordability. And when it comes to a throne speech, though, how much of that is something that a government sticks to? Like in your experience of observing throne speeches, how significant are they? Well, they're so vague that they're hard to hold governments accountable. Um, but they, they do outline some broad strokes that they're going to have, say, a refreshed housing strategy. They're going to introduce legislation uh, with respect to that in the fall. That's, that was also interesting that legislation is coming in the, in the fall. I think that puts off talk of a snap election for, for this year. Uh, but when we see that legislation, um, does it live up to advanced billing? That's a really good point. Um, So you feel like if they're making a commitment to do something like that in the fall, how can we have an election in the spring? Uh, Well, this spring and next fall, I think uh, I think it rules out an election uh, this year. Um, I guess they could go early next year, but I think that, you know, why go six months in advance? Um, So I I think, you know, David Eby's always said that he would stick to the original schedule, which puts the election 18 months out. And the throne speech sort of indicated that that's what's going to happen. Interesting. All right. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us this morning. You're welcome to me.